Easter. We invite you to stand with us as we praise our risen Savior. Come have your way. 
God, a God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, you know, there's some of you guys, maybe you haven't been in church in a while, or um, maybe it's your first time, but I'm just really glad and thankful that you guys decided to come here and join us today. Um, we are really, really blessed to have you here. Um, so I just have a few announcements I needed to go over with you guys. Um, first of all, if it is your first time, um, we do have cards in the front of the pews there um, that you can fill out and just let us know that you were here. Um, you can bring them to the welcome table in the back and we have a little welcome gift we'd love to give you and just say thank you for being here with us today. Um, so on, um, let's see, we got a lot coming up. So Tuesday, April 11th. Um, MOPS is have meeting at 6 p.m. for Mommy and Me Easter celebration, and child care is provided. So if you have um, a child from in the womb up to fifth grade, they'd love to have you come and join them. That would be just a great time of fellowship and um, hanging out with other moms. Um, so again, that's 6 p.m. on April 11th. That's Tuesday. And then on Sunday, April 16th, don't forget, Mops is having their cupcake truck fundraiser. So the cupcake truck, the one from Hanford, will be here with all those delicious, yummy cupcakes. So I might have to wait to start my diet till after that. <laughs> um, so, but they'll be here and they'll be in the church parking lot right after service from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. So you guys can come get some delicious cupcakes, and support mops that way. Um, and then also on Sunday the 16th, um, we have Meet the Pastors and the Ministry um, Team Leaders. Um, we're going to have a luncheon, so um, if you would like to come to that, maybe you're new, you haven't, you know, you've not been here that long, and or maybe you have, and you just want to get to know um, the ministries that we have, what ministries are available, um, and how you can be a part of those and just meet those leaders, um, spend some time with the pastors, just get to know a little bit more about us, um, as well as um, if you have any questions or anything like that, we'd love to have you come and join us. Um, you can just let us know, but that luncheon will be next Sunday the 16th, um, right after the service. And then on Friday, April 21st, Actually, it's April 21st through the 30th um, is the weekend to remember. So the couples retreat, um, hmm? oh, 28th. I was like, that's a really long time to be away. But hey, it's at the beach, right? So who cares? No, it's actually the 28th, sorry, through the 30th. Um, 
And it's the weekend to remember with Family Life Ministry. We'll be in Ventura Beach. Um, it is $350 per couple. Um, and if you would like to register, you can still register. And then you just put in the group name of Chapel Grace. Um, or if you need more information, you can just ask someone or um, contact the office throughout the week. Um, and then <clears throat> um, the following Sunday on the 23rd, we are going to have a Colinga Huron Unified School District Employee Appreciation Lunch. So we have a lot of people in our congregation, um, and they don't even have to, to come here. You can bring a friend, invite a friend who works for the school district. But we are very blessed that we have so many um, teachers and maintenance and secretaries and just so many people um, in our school district that are, um, that are Christians that come here. Um, and so we would just like to show them some appreciation um, for all that they do in the schools. So that will be Sunday the 23rd, um, and we'll have a lunch right after the service on that Sunday. Um, and then don't forget Growth Track will begin again the first Sunday of May. Um, and that is just, uh, we have Growth Track, we have um, 101, 201, 301, and 401. So it's a four-week um, set of classes that just kind of tells you guys more about our church, what Chapel Grace believes, why do we believe what we believe, um, how can we help you find your spiritual gifts, um, and then take those spiritual gifts and put them to, to work serving in the church, in the community. Um, so we would just love to help you guys in that way. Um, so again, that starts May, the first Sunday of May, and there is a sign-up sheet out at the welcome table. You guys can sign up, and then that way I can give you a call, remind you um, so you don't forget, because we meet at 10 a.m. Um, right before the service. Um, and then the, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, as far as what's coming up. Um, I do want to thank everyone who um, gives their tithes and offerings to this church to keep things going, to um, keep our ministry going, um, and be able to help others and serve others. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for that. Um, and if you do want to give, there are different ways you can. You can drop it in the tithes and offering box in the back. Um, you can text to give. Um, just text 84321 and then the amount, and you can text to give. Um, you can also go um, to your church center, um, which I don't see that on here, but we do have, you can just scan that barcode, and they're throughout the building, um, and you can just register that way and get everything set up. And not only can you give your tithes and offerings that way, but you can get um, the schedule of everything that's happening, when it's happening, um, and all that great stuff. So it's just a great way to keep in touch. Um, so yeah, so thank you again for being here, and let's continue. We invite you to stand with us. Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4, says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God's love is so deep, it's so vast, and we're so undeserving of it, yet it's ours. And he's displayed it in the life of Christ. So as we sing this morning, it's our prayer for every one of us, including us up here, that, that these truths would just wash over us and we would find ourselves in, in worship of him. Hey. 
spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus made it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson state, He washed it white as snow. Three in one God of glory 
to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering, you sought to the other side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. they do it for the Lord. And so when they, when they get up there and they get ready and they practice and all those things, it's all because they want to honor Jesus, if you know what I mean. And so it all has to do with that. Speaking of honoring him, we were out this morning at, at an insanely hour this morning, 6 a.m. for the, uh, for the uh, service out there, for uh, sunrise service. I'm just kidding about the, the ungodly hour because it was a good time. I'm actually wide awake more than I normally am. So I had several hours to get ready. But if you weren't there, it's okay. You still have next year, right? But it was really good. We had several churches there represented. I believe they said there were seven churches represented there today. So it was community worship together, truly community, and I, I loved every second of it. And uh, we had donuts and coffee there, and we have donuts and coffee here in case you want some, and pastries of all kinds. Uh, so I want to encourage you to get some of those. We don't want any left, so take as much as you want home with you after service, please. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so today is one of those big days. I've heard pastor friends of mine call this 
like the Super Bowl for churches. I don't know if that's really a good thing to say, you know, because it's, it's a big deal. Many churches go all out. They, they, they have all kinds of things they do. Um, I know that we're going to have an Easter egg hunt today for the kids. Sorry, adults, you don't get to do it, but uh, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Go home and do your own. How's that sound? But uh, we're going to have a good time in here celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And this is a day when we get to see people we haven't either seen for a long time or they're not here because they went to their family somewhere. But it's a day that is, is one of those things, it, it is amazing to think about what Jesus did for us because it reminds us and brings up the fact that Jesus is not dead. See, on Friday, which we call Good Friday, which I always thought was weird, we call that Good Friday, but that's the day he died. And he died on that day, and, and everybody saw it. And everybody thought, oh my goodness, there goes our hope. You know, they probably had all this incredible hope, and, and they did have all this incredible hope. It must have been a dark day for Jesus' followers that day. Because they thought, this isn't supposed to happen. This is the king coming to, to bring us back into power, to, to make everything right for us, and, and now he's dead. What do we do? Because he is so powerful. But if they had listened just a little bit more when he was talking, they would have realized he predicted this already. And he tried to prepare them for it. But I don't know about you, but there's something about not when someone passes away, even though you know it's going to happen, there's nothing that can prepare you for it. You know what I mean? Even after it happens, you're still like devastated. Um, and in this case, you know, it, it, comes, it comes together in all of Scripture. So I'm going to talk about that just in a minute. But let's go ahead and pray. Uh, we've got a couple of people we need to pray for. Um, I don't ever do this, but I'm going to do it today. Could you guys stand with us as we pray? Um, I don't know what it is about today. I guess I heard my favorite pastor, Barry White, say that this morning, and it just kind of influenced me to kind of do it. Uh, it's just a chance to talk and be there with God. So we've got a couple of people that are also ill, so we're going to try to remember who they are. So bow your heads with me, please. Lord, Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this day, this glorious day that you brought us here. Lord, everyone who's here is here because you, drove, you have them here. There's no such thing as a mistake when it comes to you, God. And so, Father, uh, no matter who came and who didn't come, Father, maybe they're watching it online, whatever. God, it's your Holy Spirit that draws people. It's your Holy Spirit that, that fills people. And it's your Holy Spirit that speaks to us from the inside. And so, Father, as we go through today, may we remember the cost of, of, of our sin. What it cost Jesus. It cost him everything. And he took it for us. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for that. And, Lord, through that, we have all kinds of things that, that, that are available to us, including, including having family together. Not just a blood family, but spiritual family, our church family. And so, Lord, there's so many things that are going on. And I, I want to pray for a couple of people. I want to pray for Judy Thompson, who is not feeling well at all. She's got, uh, like, vertigo, God. And so whatever's happening there, you can touch her body. You can heal her of it right now before the doctors even see her. And Lord, I know she's got to wait a long time for a scan of, her, of it. And God, just please, please, please don't just get her through it, God. Bring her out of it. That's what we want. And, and God, we also think of uh, just uh, some other people that have been dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, God, you know, Connor is dealing with headaches as well right now. And Father, just thank you for getting him to good doctors, even though it was far away. But Lord, just help him to get healed and uh, help him just get through that. Not just get through it, God, but bring it away and get rid of it, Lord, so he doesn't have to deal with it his whole life. And Lord, there's so many others that they represent that are not feeling well, that are not doing good for whatever reason, whatever's happening. And Lord, we place them in your hands because your, hand is the best, your hands are the best place for anybody. Because so, God, you are the great physician. You know all. You created us. You knew us before we were born. And you created everything about us. And it's not, no shock 
as to what we're doing today to you, God. You already knew what was going to happen. So, Lord, may we, may we worship you, may we follow you, and may we be emptied of ourselves and filled with you, God, so that the very word of God speaks to us from the inside out. Thank you for all of our family here. Thank you for all of our children. Thank you for everyone, God. Uh, we love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says amen. You can be seated now. I'm not going to make you stand up again, I promise, until the end. Then I'll make you stand up. But there's a lot of things going on, and I was talking to you a little bit about this resurrection hope. Have you ever had something that stole your hope from you? Have you ever had something that you were excited about and, and, or something was going on, and then all of a sudden something just took it away? Have you ever had that before? Probably you have. Uh, and I spoke earlier about the whole deal with, with this is losing someone. You know, that's probably one of the most devastating things. And you know that they lost, they thought their Messiah, they thought their, their Savior was gone. They had no clue. And so they were like, it was a dark time. But so Mary Magdalene is the one who decided she was going to go to the grave and, and, and be there. And as she got there, she found the tomb. Guess what? You remember what it was. It was empty. And she, she just wanted to be there to see her Savior. Uh, you know, she just wanted to, you know, be there because she loved him so much. But, you know, she found it empty. And here's the thing. I want to make sure I say this right. He had to go. All Mary had to do was hold on to her Savior once she discovered the good news that he was alive. And it, it, we're going to talk about that some more today. And he had to, but here's the thing. He wasn't done. He had a lot more to do. And so he had to go to the Father to restore all of us to be in perfect condition with him again. That had to happen. But he had to go to the grave first. And so it's, it's a reminder. Easter is a reminder that Jesus gives us hope. We have hope through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so no matter what you're here for today, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening, church. I don't know, it, you know, a lot of people are in different places in their life. A lot of things are happening. A lot of people are struggling. Either, like I said, it's an illness in the family or, you know, maybe there's a fight in the family. Maybe there's a fracture and you guys aren't all together today. Or maybe anything, any number of those things comes. And so we need to look to hope for that. And so I, I guess I'm going to ask you, have you ever thought of the fact that Easter is a celebration of life? Did you know that? That's what it is. It's a celebration of life. And it has to go with something today. It was a time, although it was a time of mourning for Jesus' death, and it was only going to be a few days until he would be risen, right? But now we have Easter, and it's time of, of, of resurrection. And like I said, they had placed all their hopes and dreams in this man, which rightfully so they should have. And then fast forward three days from then, and then here he is. And so for us, we are worshiping Jesus today. We are celebrating the resurrection hope. When I was a kid, I didn't even understand what Easter was all about. My parents, we really went to church some, but I didn't go a lot. I thought it was just about that Easter basket at the end of my bed, right? I'd get up so excited. What am I going to get? I literally would get that paddle with the, uh, the ball that would, with a rubber band, whatever, and it would break as soon as I used it. Bam! And it break. And my mom took the paddle, and you know what she did with that afterwards when she needed to. So it was kind of like a, a two-tooth thing, you know? It was fun for me for a second, but really fun for her when she could use it. Anyway... No, she wasn't that bad. Uh, but, you know, Easter is, is something that, well, we call it Resurrection Sunday. More, more importantly, we should call it Resurrection Day, right? And it shouldn't be the only day that we look to and discover Jesus' resurrection. As, as believers, it's something that we should celebrate daily. Because it's not just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. As a matter of fact, Christmas is a big deal. But I look at, at Easter, of course he had to be born. 
to be able to be put on the cross for us at Easter time. But I look at the resurrection as the day when true power entered the church. When, when power came for all of us to be able to do the things that he's called us to do and to fulfill our hopes and dreams. But hopefully those hopes and dreams coincide with his. And so I'm not ashamed to say that I want to see every one of you in heaven. I want to see every one of you with me in there. I want to, I want to play football if you like to play football. I'm going to play baseball, so I'll probably watch you play football. Um, but all those things, I don't know if they actually happen in heaven or not. I know. It's kind of a weird thing, but I think a lot of good things are going to go on. And the best part about it is not only do we get to be with our Lord and Savior and we get to see all of this, all this glorious there, we get to see each other again. That's the hope that we find in death. See, death has no sting because Jesus resurrected and he, he destroyed death. He destroyed it. And we look at the new part of life. You know, I think it was the fin finality of Jesus' death that would have been a knockout blow to anybody, though, right? What do you think? Um, and so we look at that. And so, but sometimes unrealized hope is just, it takes us, it takes us through a, a life-altering crisis or trial. It takes us to a place that we just can't figure out, that we, we think all we have is disappointment. All we have is this terrible thing to look at. And then we, look, we, we uh, encounter different problems that we never had before. But then it gives God the chance for us to, to see his working in our lives. I, I don't remember what I was talking about this morning. Let me try and remember. But um, we were talking about different things that happened to people. And it, oh, I know it was, and it's the healing of, you know, sometimes we were praying for healing and, and the doctors are telling us, I'm not going to embarrass you guys who it was, but the doctors are telling you everything is bad. Or you're thinking, oh my goodness, and they're going to run tests and you, you've got this going on, you've got that going on, you've got this happening, and it could be this, and it could be this, and it's devastating to hear. And you're just like kind of holding your head going, oh my gracious, what am I going to do? Or some people might not say gracious, they might say something even worse. But they lose hope because they hear this doctor's, uh, whatever it's called, this doctor's diagnosis over their bodies. And they start to lose hope. But then we pray and we pray and we pray, amen? And prayer is the difference maker. And then so sometimes those healing things, those things come differently. And for this person... It, was, uh, it turned out not to be brain bleed or anything or whatever. Whatever they were looking for is his back. Now, that's a bad thing. Your back is no fun when it hurts, right? But it turned out not to be life-ending, life if you follow what I mean by that. And so I think, and as she said, the, the Lord answered prayer in that way. It was awesome. And sometimes he does it that way. Sometimes he does it out of, we're like, whoa. Like, uh, we see people come out of hospice and things of that nature. I've seen two Maybe three people come out of hospice, believe it or not. You know hospice, you're not supposed to leave. It's supposed to be the end. And for them, it wasn't. So, you know, if we're going to be honest with each other, it's, it's hard to make it through cancer. It's hard to make it through death, uh, family fighting, uh, news of people fighting all over the world. There's just so many things it's hard to get through. I hate to turn on the news almost anymore because it's almost all bad stuff. But then I go, you know what? Everything is going to be perfect someday. Everything is going to be the way Jesus wants it to be, and it should be. And so it's awesome. And it's going to be, we're going to be just like young children, just looking to him in awe, and just, and just doing everything, and just being with him is going to be awesome. So, but if we're honest, some of us came here today, you, you probably came in need of a, a renewed hope. You know, you probably, maybe you came, maybe you know somebody else that has. And you, you faced some of the great challenges. Some people have faced things that others are never going to have to do. 
I've known many people who are younger and have gone through so much in the first 18 years of their life that many people don't have to do in a lifetime. But some of us have had to come to terms with a diagnosis for our, uh, with an uncertain future, and these things can weigh heavy, heavy, heavy on us. And so that's when we go, that's when we look to hope, and hope appears when we least expect it. Do you know that? It comes when we least expect it. You know, early in the morning, Jesus, on the third day Jesus died, his death, this woman I just told you about named Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. If you haven't read that before, we're going to read a little bit of it today. And there's places, in other words, some of the writers say it a little differently, but they all say the same thing because it's perspective of the person. God doesn't take over somebody. He lets them, he uses their personality, I guess you could say, kind of like how he uses mine. And sometimes it can be crazy and sometimes it's not. But she, she was used, she went there and she finds the tomb empty. And let's just read John chapter 20, verses 11 to 14. If you don't have a Bible, there should be Bibles in front of you. It might not match mine, uh, but we have it up on the screen as well. So we're going to be in John chapter 20, verses 11 to 14. And we're going to stay there for a little bit, and then we're going to move over to some other ones. But this is where, you know, she finds the, the tomb empty, and it must have been like insult to injury. Like, what am I going to do now? Somebody stole his body. Not only did I lose them, somebody took him. Right? That's what she might be thinking there. And so this is where we start. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had laid, and one on the head, one on the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know that it was Jesus. That's an interesting thing. She didn't even realize that there's a lot of commentators that like go back and forth in this and they say, well, it's because he, he didn't look himself after he was crucified. He got beaten up pretty bad and, and we, you know, we could, maybe he still looked like that and she, he was unrecognizable in that way. Or maybe some others just say, well, the Spirit of God just didn't allow her to know who it was right away. And then later when Jesus says something to her, she, he does, she does. But she goes into the tomb where he'd been laid and all she sees is this missing the, the clothes, the, 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 um, the burial clothes. That's all she sees. And she's focused on that. Nothing else. You ever find yourself focused on the bad thing that's happening and you can't see anything else? Boy, that's easy to do. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I find myself going through those things and going, I'm focusing so much on the bad stuff that I forgot how good my God is. And I forgot how much hope he has given me. Because my hope isn't found in the situations I'm in. My hope is found in my Savior. And that's what we have in our Resurrection Sunday. And so she's focused on the wrong thing. And through her tears, she tells the angels, they've taken him. She's heartbroken. Where is he? And, you know, like I said, this can happen when we lose hope. When hope is gone, what do we do? That's exactly what we do. We just kind of flip out. Now, if you're anything like me, I flip out when I lose stuff, or I, I shouldn't say, I lose stuff all the time, and the first thing I do is flip out. Oh, where is it? And Kelly's like, where were you last time? If I could remember that, I'd know where it was, right? And so I flip out, and so I try to remember to pray when things are happening, uh, but it doesn't always help. And like when we prayed in Missouri, I've shared this story a million times about the keys that I lost, and they were in the cushion of the couch, but I didn't know that. 
we had to go somewhere, and I had no idea where the keys are. I was like, one of the kids took them. I know they did. But anyway, uh, called my friend, and he said, have you prayed? I'm like, are you crazy? Prayed for keys? So we prayed, literally opened my eyes, lifted the cushion up, and there the keys were. God can do anything, and that's just a simple thing. That's something that you think could be, for me, it was disastrous, because we didn't have the money to get, get a new key made, you know? We didn't know what we were going to do. But, you know, after Mary speaks to the angels, she turns to leave and comes face-to-face with the resurrected Jesus. She's face-to-face with him, you guys. And, and she, she speaks to him. And she, she didn't realize who it was, and she speaks to them, to him. And it's just crazy how this goes on. Because Mary had not come to the tomb expecting Jesus to be alive, so she didn't realize that was him. You ever expect something? And you just convince yourself that's the way it's going to be. She didn't expect to see him alive. And so sometimes expectations come in different ways. Just like I said for me, I should have expected that God was going to answer my prayer about keys. You know, I thought that's, that's just too little for him. But it wasn't. You know, uh, Easter is a reminder that God is in the business of awaking hope inside of us. Did you know that? And so maybe hope is sparked by a small answered prayer, as I talked about with the prayer in the hospital. When, uh, he was in the hospital, and then he got the news that it wasn't any of these things they were afraid that it could be. Maybe it's sparked, uh, but hope can be found in an unexpected text or letter, right? All of a sudden, somebody sends you something, and you're like, bam, that was so awesome, I needed that right on that timing. Amen? And it comes. And so the key is our expectation level. Just like a kid searching for the Easter eggs. How many of you are going to have Easter egg hunts today? Seriously. Nobody? Okay, a couple of us. You can answer. It's okay. Now, you know you hide them and you hide them and you hide them and your expectation is to find them. Do you hide real ones? Anybody hide real ones and you forget where that real one is? You'll find it later, I, tr- I promise you. It'll, it'll draw you right back to it, right? But, you know, our expectation is to find all these things. Like the little kids expe- expecting to find... Uh, something in the egg, you know, find the egg. If we, you know, we use plastic ones so we can put stuff in there or whatever. Found out chocolate melts really quick in the sun in Kalinga. Um, so we try not to do that anymore. But anyway, there's those things and we have that expectation. So we know this one thing. I want to make sure I tell you this. Easter comes at just the right time. Resurrection Sunday is just the perfect timing. See, Jesus' love caused him to sacrificially give his life for you and I. His compassion, his care for all of us came exactly when we needed it. You know, his compa- it was his compassion that caused him to resurrect from the dead for us. And, and as I was talking earlier, it took a lot. Jesus did, did not have a good time on that cross. I don't know that anybody would. But even before he got to that cross, a lot of things happened to him that were very, very bad. He got whipped, he got beaten, he got his beard pulled out, he had a crown of thorns placed on his head, not just little baby corns, big ones, and they dug into his head. And that's, that's just a minor stuff. If, I was to, if we were there that day, we would probably go, you know, I don't know, we couldn't handle it. Like even the, the one movie, what's that called, Kelly, that one movie? Yeah, Passion of the Christ, Passion, right? I, I don't know why I forget that title, but... That was where I saw it, and I, there was a lot of people protesting that movie because of the, the, the brutality of what was showed, but that's nothing even close to the actual reality of what had it, what, what it happened. They talked about the, the beatings in the back, on his back that were torn open. They, had, they didn't just have whips. 
They had whips with like iron and glass and different things tied to the, or on the end of it. And every time they would whip him, it would and rip. It didn't just smack. Now, you guys, that's terrible, but that's how bad sin is. And it's the only way it could be paid for is through this. And so we, we have to understand our hope needs to come in what Jesus did. Now, turn with me again back to John chapter 20. If you haven't turned out, great, stay there. In John chapter 20, verses 15 to 18, we find Mary in the doorway of the now empty tomb and this immediate concern she has with tears flowing down her face. Jesus said to her, remember, she had known who he was yet, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, that's important to understand, what? She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you have laid him, so I, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him, in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But, my, but, my, but go to my brothers and say to them, I, have a, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he had said these things to her. What an amazement thing. She still didn't recognize him up until that point when he talked to her. And then she realized she went, teacher, rabbi. And, and, can, you, and she's, can you feel the, ex, the, the hope and the joy she had in that moment? And it might be confusing when he said, hey, don't touch me. But he had not been perfected yet. So he wasn't. What, he just said, don't touch me. That's why he said that. So just as she had given up all hope, Jesus meets her in her tears. Look, Jesus meets us in our tears too. Sometimes our tears flow, and it's a reason for it. I don't know where you are, and I don't know what's happening, but you know, I know Easter comes. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection comes at the perfect time. It's perfect timing for us. It was for her. You know, John, the author of the book, tells us that Mary thinks Jesus is a gardener tending the ground, right? I mean, she's, how long had she seen him? Like I told you, some the commentaries are just different. People believe different things. The point is she didn't recognize him. And then she did when, she, when he talked to her. So it's, 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 it's not just that Mary's confused and mistaken. I think she is, but it's also that she's absolutely correct, saying Jesus is tending to the broken pieces of her life. He found out, she found out it was him and realized he was fixing those broken pieces in her life. She found out he's alive. And immediately hope came back. So wherever you're at, I want to encourage you that God knows about it. He's just waiting for you to ask for help. Just ask. And he's willing. He's the God of all hope. He's the God of life. He's God of everything. And so the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created a garden, right? A garden for, of perfection for his creation, for, for Adam and Eve. He, he made it for them to reside in. And he had a perfect relationship with them. He walked, it said he walked and talked with them. But then it didn't take much longer that sin entered because they ended up disobeying and eating from the tree that they were told not to. And they did. And when they ate of it, it says their eyes were opened and now they're, they're um, pushed away from God, and so to speak. They couldn't be with him anymore. God came looking for them and he couldn't find them right away because you know why? They were hiding. Have you ever hid when something you did something wrong? Like something to your sibling? 
or whatever, and you're hiding, you know, it, it's kind of your shame. Well, maybe you're not so much ashamed. Maybe you're afraid of punishment. That may be the, the case here. That he called out to them, and they were hiding, and they fashioned their own clothes. And God said, where are you? And they said, we're here. <laughs> and, but in the middle of this darkest moment, something came alive. Let me read this to you in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. So I'm going to give you a moment to get there. There's some amazing things. I don't know how often you guys read the scripture. So, like I said, you can look it up in the Bible. You can look it up on your phone. I don't have my phone on me because it would be going off. That would be embarrassing. But if you have your phone, look it on there. Or if you have a big old sheet of paper like this, or a big, big book that's full of big writing, which is encouraging and good for me, but also telling me I have really bad eyesight. Um, here we have it. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Are you ready? All right. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called out to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. If you read along, he says, Who told you you were naked? The jig is up. They were told, they were afraid. See, God came searching for his creation. He created them. He created you, by the way. Did you know that? He created you, from, and he knew you were coming long before you were ever born. And I want you to know something. He knows everything about you. He formed you in the womb. He knows what you're going to do tonight. He knows what you're going to do in the next 10 minutes. He knows if you're going to go back and say something mean to somebody or nice to somebody. He knows what the plans are today. He knows what's going to happen. There's no such thing as chance when it comes to God, as I said before. But that's also the best thing about God. He knows. He knows. And so he came looking. And the story of Easter is about a God who re-enters a garden to search for those he loves and to offer life to them once again. That's what Jesus did. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane? Let me get some water because my mouth is not saying that right. So the garden of Gethsemane. Things changed for us there. That's where it all started. Did you know that during that time they were going to come get Jesus and arrest him? And when they did, did you know that Peter said, Oh, no, you're not going to arrest Jesus. And he cuts off the ear of a certain one of the servants, right? Reminds me of Mike Tyson, although Mike Tyson bit it off, right? But, you know, he cuts the ear off. And, and, and Jesus immediately says, Peter, that's not what we're here to do. We're not going to, we're not going to conquer by the sword. So he takes the, picks the ear up and sticks it back back on the guy's head, and is instantly healed. Now, for me, that would have been, oh, my goodness, and I would have fell on the ground, and this is, this is the Lord. But obviously, it was something that had to happen. He said, my time isn't yet. But what needs to happen is going to have to happen. So he's looking for them. And as soon as Jesus speaks Mary's name, she recognizes him, and she calls him teacher. In the middle of the darkest moment, Easter came just in time. So Easter brings, brings things now that just like the spring brings new things. It's what reminds me of new things. There's new things that come out in spring, right? You know, the flowers start to bloom, the trees start to bud, and then you start to see or the oranges that Kelly loves to smell. And you, love to, you see all of this stuff. And it's something that was once kind of looking dead is now fully alive. I don't know if you saw that cross when you came in covered in flowers. That was amazing. The, the decorations here are amazing. 
But it just reminds us of how glorious Easter is, how it's a time of new beginnings. It's a time that, you know, all the things in our life can change. And, and we go so accustomed to the world without life that we're shocked when we finally see the first signs of life. If you live in, uh, I lived in Virginia for my first 18, 19 years, whatever it was. Um, and there, everything dies in the cold, whether in the, it, it's, you know, and it's really cold, there's snow, and, and it just, and New England can be like that too. And everything just looks dead, right? I guess I could say it like this for us. The hills are usually brown, right? They ain't brown today. They are new, and they are beautiful. I know ain't, ain't a word, but it is in the dictionary now. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a reminder to me of all things new. How about you? How about you? Are you, in the, are you in the business of thinking about all things new? It's like Martin Luther said, Our Lord has written the promises of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. Every leaf. I'm, I'm almost done, promise. The seasons of life remind us that God brings life from death. He can bring life to our most hopeless of places. That's amazing to me. And so God is always right on time. Always right on time. Even if it's on Kalinga time, he's still on time. And you can feel a shift in the story as Mary recognizes that Jesus is alive. Her hope is resurrected. She comes back to life. And the dream of restoration and everything just flows back. And immediately she's told, he tells her, go tell everybody that I'm alive. Go tell them. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to do the rest of the story, but if you can, read through it in John, and it shows that they come, they come running. Peter just didn't believe it, and some of the disciples were like, no. And they get there, and they realize it's true. He's alive. So this powerful revelation is, is amazing. So the, resur- so the final point is this. The resurrection is, in, is victory over death. Did you know that? It's victory over death. In Corinthians, I don't have that printed out right here, but in Corinthians it says, oh death, where is your sting? Talks about how death is conquered. In death, we don't need to have that that sorrow. When I've done funerals, I've had some of the funerals that were a celebration of life, truly. And I've had other funerals that I've done that people didn't know the Lord, and it was horrible. They were were weeping and sobbing and, and on the ground and just flowing with tears, and sometimes some of them were screaming out. They just they had no hope. But for me, when I look at a brother and sister who's died, I get to say, first of all, you got there before me, so I'm jealous. And second of all, I'm going to see you again. And it's, it's a re- reminder of us that new things happen. You are going to make, be made whole. Any of you have any medical problems right now? I have bad knees. I have a bad memory. I have all kinds of things that are whatever. But someday I'm going to be perfect. I may only be, I may only, sorry, thank you. I may only be five foot whatever I am. I'm not going to tell you how tall I am because it's embarrassing. But I want you to know that I'm the perfect height. That's what you guys are all going to be when you get to heaven. It's going to be perfect. I don't know. I'm not going to be a basketball player ever. But I'm going to be perfect in heaven. And so are you. God is going to make your body perfect. He's going to make your mind perfect. He's going to do everything he did with Jesus, and he's going to do it for you. But you've got to wait for that time. Right now, Jesus answers for us and goes between God and, God and us. 
He's our mediator, they say, is what that word would be. And so the resurrection is victory over death. We couldn't have that victory if it wasn't for resurrection. Uh, this is, I, I think this is bigger than Christmas. I've said that before. Just because if we didn't, well, if we didn't have Christmas, we wouldn't have this day. So let me say it like that. However, Paul says it this way. He said, we are, if, if Jesus had never risen, did she throw that? <laughs> if Jesus had never risen, what hope would we have? Of all people, we need to be the most unhappy, the most prayed for, the most whatever, because we believe the lie. That's not true. Jesus rose from the dead. So we have everything to celebrate, amen? So John chapter 11, verse 25 says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Check this out. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He shall live. That's just, they shall live, if you want, if you, for her. It's for everybody. Jesus died perfectly, and so we could be perfect, I mean. And he, he said to his followers then, and to us now, he is the resurrection and the life. He's the hope of life eternal and the key to true life right now. Right now. You don't have to wait for that life when you die. I, I know people say, well, we'll see what it is when I die. No, you don't wait then. When you die, it's too late. You got to do it now while you're breathing. And you have to say, Jesus, you died for me. And I receive your sacrifice. And I thank you for your sacrifice. And it gives us the hope. It's, it's our belief. It's not just an intellectual thing, but a deep trust in him. Has Jesus ever done anything for you? Has the Lord ever done something? And you went, that was amazing. Share that. Because I promise you, people need to hear it. If you've ever gone through something and God got you through it, he did that for a reason. There's always a purpose. You can help somebody else through that. Right? And so he uses these things. He, he ensures that the worst things that may happen to us in life will not be the last things that happen to us. Amen? They won't be. And so we have the hope that is resurrecting all around us for a full life in Jesus now and forevermore. Right? So when you walk out and you see those flowers, the azaleas or whatever else you see, are they called, what are they called? Poppies? Poppy flowers? I didn't know that that was the California bird or flower or whatever. I almost said bird. California flower, but it is. And they're beautiful. And they come out of something you wouldn't expect them to be there. That means they were always there. There was a seed planted and something had to come to make them come up, which would be water. There's something God has planted in you and it can come forth through Jesus. And so this Easter day, I want to invite you to believe in the resurrected Christ. Uh, I want to invite you to give him your life right now and to allow him to birth new life in you, within you, and the world around you. So can I pray for you? And I want to I just, this, this last thing, I want to make sure that you understand what I'm trying to say here. The Bible says that if you, if you're, you're dead, you are dead in your sins before you're resurrected, before you're born again. It says that you're dead in, dead in your sins. You're born into sin. We are. And the only way out was this, the resurrection. Jesus' resurrection. He paid the price that we could never pay. And we will never be able to pay. Ever. He paid that price. He paid it for you and he paid it for me. It's not that we deserve it. 
It's because he has great compassion and love for each and every one of us. That's why you deserve it, because he loves you. So I want to pray. And, and I want to ask you, if you haven't received Jesus, I'm going to pray a little prayer. You just have to recognize and, and understand. I don't know what God is doing in your, in your mind. The Holy Spirit may be speaking right to your heart right now. Or maybe he's saying something else that I, I didn't even say. Sometimes that happens. But whatever's happening in your life, I want to ask you that if you need Jesus in your life, or maybe you haven't been following him, you've re you received him, but you just haven't been doing what you should, I don't know. Maybe you find yourself on the outside looking in, or so you think. It's time to rededicate your life. What a better way, what a better day than to rededicate your life today. Maybe if we had the baptism open, I could do that, but we can do baptisms here soon. That's a reminder of our new life in Christ. So let's pray. Lord heaven, Lord, Lord in heaven, thank you, God, for everything you've done for us and have, will continue to do. And Father, I want to pray for everybody in this room that may not know you and online that may not know you as Lord and Savior yet. God, maybe they're, they haven't done it yet. Maybe they just haven't had a chance. Or maybe, I don't know, something in their life sparked the need for you. And so, God, I want to pray for each person like that. And all they need to do is recognize that our life, eternity, comes from you. You're the resurrection and the life. And so may they turn to you and say something like this, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come in my life and save me. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for paying the price. I receive you now. And Father, I pray that anybody that read, prayed that today, I want to thank you, God, for that. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. You are the Savior. And I pray for all those who are here who may not have, who, who may not be living exactly the way they think they should, or maybe they are. I don't know. You know, God. I want to pray for them too, God, that you would draw them back. Or maybe they're being drawn to something even more than they're doing right now. Whatever it is, God, whatever's happening, may you, may you make it happen. May you help them realize what they need to do. And Lord, on this Easter Sunday, as we all go home to have different th do different things and different traditions or whatever else, may they not drown out your resurrection. May your resurrection be rooted in everything we do today. As we celebrate Easter eggs and we celebrate life, we celebrate life in you, God. May we do that. And may those who need you do that. When I say need you, that's everyone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' precious name I pray. And we all say, Amen. you
you still call me friend? Cause the God of the mountains Is the God of the valley There's not a place Your mercy and grace Won't find me again Oh, there's nothing you to come for the next couple of Sundays if you, if you live here in town or maybe you want to drive a couple hours to come back. I don't know. But uh, I wanted to encourage you and let you know about that. And I also want you to know that Jesus loves you more than you think he does. Jesus loves you so much. And that's the purpose of the resurrection. He showed his love to us through that. So 
let me pray for you, and then we can go home, and you guys can do whatever you want uh, within reason, okay? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What else can I say? I want to pray for all those in this room and those who are listening online. God, I want to pray that we would see you in a new way today. That if we were without hope or, or whatever it is, God, that you would restore that hope. Lord, that we would see something new in you. And Lord, if we just if there's anyone in this room that just received you today, Father, I pray that they would let us know so we can keep praying for them and ministering. And God, maybe the next step is, is discipleship through something that we have here. Maybe be a growth track or something else. Small groups, whatever, God. But we just pray that you would draw them in. Nothing we can do to do it. It's all about you. So I pray this day as we all leave, may we all have a fantastic resurrection day. May we all see you in a different light, maybe. And may we all just have a great day in the Lord. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say amen. Grace kids, pick up, pick up the grace kids in the back. Grace kids in the back. Oh